We have a very exciting piece of news to share. For the third year in a row, Dissecting the 80s is returning to the Philly Podcast Festival. We've had a really great time the first two years, and we're really, really excited for this year because we're performing at 7 p.m. Saturday, June 23rd at Tattooed Moms on South Street. That's like a real primetime slot. Yeah, that's a good thing. Like, I'm not upset about any afternoon opportunity to perform. Yeah, I'll perform at 2 in the morning, 4, 4 p.m., like, whatever. I'm always geeked to get to do this show in the same room as you in front of people and have, like, an audience. Yeah. But I'm really excited. Yeah, but I'm, like, really excited to be doing this in the evening. It feels, like, like very adult. Like, we, we're a very grown-up podcast now. <laughs> well, we are four years old. I know. It's like we're we're pa- forget toddler nonsense. Like we're we're in it. Yeah. Uh, we are celebrating the 30th anniversary of a f- movie I think we both like, but I certainly have not seen in a long time. It's my absolute favorite movie. I watch it at least once a year. Okay. So I have not seen not it in a long favorite. time. absolute favorite. It's one of my absolute favorites. Okay. We're smashing together live action and animation for the soon to turn 30 who framed Roger Rabbit. Not just live action animation, it's it's different intellectual property houses smashing together. Yeah, Marvel bragged about the greatest crossover event in history. I think they forgot about a very important crossover event where we had the Bugs Bunny, the Mickey Mouse, the Roger Rabbit, and the Bob Hoskinses all in one cinematic shared universe. But we didn't get Bob Hoskins' detective who meeting up with Bob Hoskins' Mario. No. So. We lost that out there. Been, that would have been too much for the world to handle. <laughs> Two Hoskinses? Two Hos- double the Hoskins. Now I want to see someone like edit those together as like two Hoskins, two Furious. Bob's no Bobskin Hoskins. Yes. Thirty one flavors. <laughs> Bob's Hoskins. Yes. Bob's yes. Hoskins, thirty one yes. flavors. Uh, anyway, we're super thrilled to be uh, returning to the Philly Podcast Festival for the third year in a row. It's a super fun festival. There's I think almost 60 shows recording live episodes covering every possible topic you'd want to hear a show about. So go to phillypodfest.com and check that out. And then come see us on South Street at Tattooed Moms, June 23rd, 7 p.m. It's a really cool bar. There are really friendly bartenders in there. Their drinks are very strong. And, and I got mine one year had a popsicle in it, a whole popsicle yeah, just yeah. stuck in my drink. It was great. They'd, they do really fun cocktails. It's a it's a cool spot. So come have a good time. See us do a live show. Uh, usually it's in this cool little back room where some of the seats are actually old bumper cars, which I think is just the coolest thing. Yeah, I love that about it. Last year there was like a guy and a, a woman sitting to the side of us in a bumper car like pointed at us and it was the funniest like every time <laughs> I looked out of the corner of my eye it was like a, a bumper car heading straight for us. Anyway, it's a really cool spot. We're really excited, as you can hear. So this is a very long promo for a podcast festival. But come see us. We're so excited. We'd love to see you there. I wanted to let you know about a very cool podcast app for Android users. It's called Podcast Republic. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app that lets you get all your favorite podcasts directly onto your Android devices. You search for the podcast you want to listen to, and you make them your favorites, so you have them all just to click away. So make sure you set Dissecting the 80s as a favorite so you don't miss any episodes. Once again, that is the Podcast Republic app, a new friend of the show. Thank you guys very much. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano. 
one half of the mega podcasting powers. And with me, as always, is a man who knows that if you want to learn how to do karate, you should probably learn how to do karate. The Macho Mandrew. Andrew Leno. Uh, I mean, I did learn how to do karate. That was one of the athletic endeavors I undertook. That is true. You did have probably your longest athletic stint was the It was. I was uh, almost a brown belt, which is the one before black belt in Taekwondo. Yeah. yeah. As the, as we they say in this movie, only brown and black belts can participate in the All-Valley Tournament. So you were just shy of being and there is, there. But there's also no like checking. There's no background check for that. So I could have no. said anything. Yeah, you could have. Uh, we watched the 1984 film The Karate Kid because this is our month of Rebootatron. You can watch the Cobra Kai web YouTube series. Why would you want to? I don't know. But if you would like to, it's available. I'm curious. Like, seeing how this movie ended, I'm curious what this this is. Because I don't remember any of the sequels beyond the Hilary Swank one, vaguely. Right. Which I think was three? Four. Four. Um, But apparently, because the the, the reboot is supposed to be uh, blonde-haired dickhead... Oh, reopens reopens Cobra Kai and Ralph Macchio is like no one can reopen Cobra Kai as though it's some kind of like national horror well I just read the summary on Wikipedia and apparently Daniel hires Billy Zabka's kid to work for him at his car dealership because apparently winning the All Valley Tournament like spurred him into like local car salesman fame uh, like local celeb fame I think and Sounds his right. kids, his kids are doing karate with Billy Zabka, which obviously he has no time so, for. So, for those of you listening at home who are familiar with the Disney sequel formula, they're just doing that. Yes. Where the kid of the protagonist of the original movie wants the opposite thing of the original protagonist. I mean, it's also exactly the almost exactly the same situation as that Harry Potter play. Sorry, mild spoiler, I guess. I never, where, I never read it. Well, it's not. I mean, it doesn't really ruin it. It's like the first 10 pages of the book. You learn that one of Harry's children is in Slytherin. Oh. Or, or is worried about being in Slytherin. I don't really remember. It's not a very... I didn't like it very much. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, this is too long of an intro. We watched The Karate Kid, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your sensei. Something's gotta be done about your sensei. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. Mega powers, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Now, this is not a thing we've ever done before on the show, and it's not a thing I want to make a regular thing we do on the show, but I'm going to say this right now so that if you're listening to this, you've only wasted like six minutes of your life because I hate this movie and I am going to say some things about it that if you're a really big fan will probably not make you happy. So, like... You're that vehement about this? I hate this movie, and I am so excited to make fun of it with you. Did you go... For, so many reasons. You went into it hating it. No! I hadn't seen this movie in years. I hated it so much re-watching this that I had to break it up into three sessions because, also, by the way, this movie is 400 hours long. It's way... It's two hours and seven minutes, and that is a half hour too long. 
I had to break this movie up into three chunks because I kept getting so angry at it. I had to stop watching it and then come back to it. So this is a tough, tough movie to get through for me for a whole host of reasons, which I'll get into. But I just want to I just want to put it out there because I know a lot of people love the Karate Kid. And there are people for whom listening to some doofus trash it for an hour and a half is going to bother them. So I just want to. Like, it's okay. You can turn it off. And, like, it's okay if you like this movie. It doesn't make you a bad person. I don't. But you don't have to agree with me. We don't even agree with each other all that much on this mm. show. I mean, the movie is basically just the Karaki kid. Oh, it's it's 100% straight up just Rocky with a kid doing karate. It's the same director as Rocky as well. Yeah, Karaki kid. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I just was explaining it in case some people missed the subtle pun work you were doing there. I feel like that, no, that's definitely an audio pun, not a written pun. Yes. Anyway, so we're going to get into it. We're going to do our thing, but I just want to just put it out there. If this is your all-time favorite movie and it's going to make you really upset to hear us, well, at least one of us, just clown on it, like, that's you don't have to listen to this episode. I won't be offended. Like, that's okay. I mean, I hope you do, but I just, I'm just warning you now, I'm, I'm coming after you, Daniel-san, <laughs> and I don't, I'm going to sweep that leg. You're coming after Daniel-san specifically? Yes! He is such a trash human, and we will get into it, but oh my I'm god, he's the curious. worst. I'm very curious. So we open with, like, the jerseyest of Jersey accents, and a very minimally packed station wagon. Also, it's a full-on blue-collar montage. It's, like, factory town, and cars puttering by, and, like, people I was like, doing where in steel. Jersey is this? It's like Trenton. It's basically just Trenton. Road sign in the history of the universe? Trenton makes the world takes. Yeah, that whole city is just like everybody's garbage. <laughs> uh, yeah, they get so they drive cross country in a little but station right, there's, wagon. There's no luggage in the station wagon. Like if you're going to move across the country, the back windows of a station wagon should be not. You shouldn't be able to see through this car. There's like, there like, should be something strapped to the roof. Yeah, there's like a haphazard bike tossed in there and nothing else. They move with a bike, two suitcases, and uh, two cardboard boxes yeah which like i i admire their commitment to the 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 tiny house life but that that is like way ahead of its time ridiculous there's also just ridiculous amounts of adr where they clearly just had them hop in a studio or even just like put them in a closet on set one day and we're like here record this conversation that you're having in the car on the way across country so we can put it over the b-roll yeah yeah uh, it's interesting because I feel like the young people in this movie, for the most part, look like young people, and it's weird. That's true. As opposed to like Riverdale, where I'm like, this is the, this is a cast of like mid twenties, mid twenty. No, that's <laughs> that's that's former teen heartthrob Luke Perry, according to Netflix. No, but like I'm like Riverdale. I'm like Luke they Perry look like looks. Th- sorry, Luke Perry looks 140 on that show. I agree. <laughs> I will not. Like- <laughs> Former, for, no, uh, I, I, Luke Perry is a man who's lived a lot of life. I'm just saying he, they do not do him any favors with the lighting on that program or the dialogue. We're not going to get into it anyways. Um, but like I looked at Ralph Macchio and I was like, this looks like a teenager. Like this makes me uncomfortable that I'm watching a child, but it turns out mother's 23. Yeah, no, he just is a very young looking face. Mm hmm. He also, like you called this Karaki kid and is so right. They even stole the character is mushmouthed and hard to understand sometimes. Like, of all the things that you would steal from Rocky, the part where it's Sly Stallone being like, oh, 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 oh. 
Like, why is that the thing that you took? That's the worst part of the movie. He's base, and but I, I find I found Ralph Macchio had a sort of precocious charm to him. Like, he was the I would have bought him as the sort of central character of a sitcom in the eighties. Absolutely, like Ralphie's way, and it's just like him on like a stoop in Brooklyn <laughs> or like Jersey with his arms crossed. Yeah, his arms are fully crossed. Um, his like mom's got sauce on her apron, like hands in the air. Like that's like I can see him doing that because he's got that sort of mouth from the Goonies. Yes, uh, flair to him. It's sort of like oh, you this kid. I don't know. That's how I felt about it. No, I, I, I mean, everything about him makes me angry, and I think he's a trash person, but you're not... Like, the character of Daniel, gotcha. to be clear. Ralph Macchio seems like a guy with, one, a good sense of humor about the fact that he's claimed to fame was this kind of beloved children's movie. Uh, he was on Psych with kind of like a wink-wink, nudge-nudge cameo toward that. Oh. Uh, like, remember, I think it was the episode that they were, there's a karate, do, like, karate dojo related oh, time. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, the, the, they had his cameo in that episode. So, like, no disrespect to Ralph Macchio. I am not clowning on, is it Macchio or Macchio? I'm not sure. I, I think it's up. Macchio. Well, that's what we're going to go with then. I, when I clown on this for the rest, I'm talking about the character Daniel LaRusso, who I think is a trash person. I'm sure Ralph Macchio is a fine dude. I don't know the man. I wouldn't want to hazard a guess. But I hung out with Daniel LaRusso for two hours, and I think he's garbage. Okay. He's also rocking some real great mom jeans. Yes. Everybody has mom jeans in this movie. Every single person is wearing mom it's jeans. It's all cut-off t- cut off t-shirts and mom jeans. Yeah. And also, Pat It's Marino. like a lesbian convention. <laughs> Real high jeans, cut off sleeves. <laughs> so this opening montage takes three minutes and 37 seconds to just basically get us to Los Angeles. Instead of just having a two-sentence conversation where the characters are walking in the door with their stuff and her being like, well, I know it's a long way from New Jersey, but I think Los Angeles is going to be a really good start for us, Daniel. And accomplishing exactly the same thing that this montage accomplishes. But the montage was also over credits, which to me, it's, it's, it was similar to like um, the beginning of Christmas Vacation. Yeah, but that with a cartoon animated thing, you mean? No, isn't the beginning? Oh, you're right. Never mind. I'm thinking of something else where it's just like a car traveling, and then there's the the all the, I gotcha. the credits over it. I gotcha. So he's like wandering around their new apartment complex, which I think is a motel. It's it's very motelly. And he karate kicks this door open, like does a spinning crescent kick and hits this door, and almost like clatters this door into a dude's face because of course there would be a person walking by there, of and then he's like. Oh, is there another pool? And I so wish the character who responded to him had been like, yeah, there's another pool at this motel. This is a motel with two pools. Because, well, his mom had kept saying, like, there's a pool, there's a pool, there's a pool. And then they get there. And not only is there a fence literally against the edge of the pool, so you can't really clamber in or out of the... Like, I don't know how you get in or out of this pool. No idea. It's like it's like the worst game of The Sims when you build the pool and take out the ladder, and then the sim just has no way of leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and they do that, like, flaily arm thing. Yeah, flaily arm thing for two minutes and they drown. Um, but it's also just, like, an inch of green water in the bottom of this pool. Yeah, it's not even drained enough to skateboard in. No. 
And there's a crazy old neighbor who's just like babbling incoherently. She's in this movie for for two seconds and accomplishes like there's just you could delete all of this stuff and start with them walking into the like walking by the pool with the box and up to the door while she's like, oh, I thought there was a nicer pool. And like just it takes I think you can keep because you need the friend. You need the guy to get him to Elizabeth baby shoe. And then the guy can like f off out of the movie. Yeah, he really does serve only that purpose to get him from th- nothing to Elizabeth's shoe, and then he he just takes the Uber out of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where are you going? I don't know. I'm not in the movie anymore. So see ya. Me and, and this old goes. lady are getting the hell out with Daniel's mom. <laughs> yeah, she'll come that, back occasionally. <laughs> she, Daniel's mom is in this movie so infrequently as seven minutes of a two-hour and seven-minute movie. <laughs> You could easily forget she exists. Like, so, so many of my notes are, where the hell is Daniel's mom? Thank and you. I don't, I'm not trying to shame a single mother working her hard and trying her best. I'm shaming the movie for, like, yeah. not involving her and being like, oh, his mom's concerned with his whereabout. Oh, his mom needs to know where he is. The one time it happens, there's no resolution. No! It's psychotic. Okay, here's I'm gonna start with the LaRusso beef. Here's here's part one. Okay. So obviously something bad happened to him and his mom to necessitate him going to live in Los Angeles with her, right? Like I, She got a job. Right, but like it's just the two of them. You, you never hear hide nor hair of his dad. So obviously there was a divorce. His mom is working her butt off, clearly trying to make something happen. She got this job. She's trying to provide this kid with a better life. He is such an ungrateful little shit about everything. And I, I know that that's like a very common and probably I'd like real. to introduce you to every like movie that involves a move like Hocus Pocus and others. I know, but I can't get over how ungrateful this kid is and shitty to her he is constantly. Like, hey, pal, her life is not super good. She works like 100 hours a day because she never sees you because she's not even in this movie because she's working too hard. Like, I don't know, maybe a little bit of slack for mom who is once again putting food on the table and clothes on your ungrateful little shit back. That you're going to cut the sleeves off of. Yeah. That's fair. Stupid. That's fair. I'll give you Stupid. that. Stupid. That's number one. I'm going to keep building this case as the movie goes on. So All right. we meet Mr. Miyagi, who is him and Elizabeth. I would much rather watch him and Elizabeth Shue oh my do God, shenanigans. Right? It's so much better. Well, let's clarify. You don't say Mr. Miyagi and Elizabeth Shue do shenanigans. Cool shenanigans. Like, like have hijinks together, Thank not not sex <laughs> stuff. She's like, a child. clarify. She's she 21. A child. He's like 150. Um, actually, honestly, if this had been Elizabeth Shue, the Karate Kid, I would have been 100% here for that. Such a better movie. She is the only good character in this whole movie. What about Miyagi? Amongst, uh, so, um, sorry. The only good child character in this whole movie. In this sea of people who are... Exclu- exclusive and judgmental and only care about other rich people including her own parents so she overcame her shitty parents to be a good person which never happens in movies nope she is the saint of this movie and even daniel the poor boy who's like got a chip on his shoulder is shitty about it all through the movie and it's like she is being so cool to you at every opportunity you Try to fuck this up as hard as you can and still manage not to because she is a saint. 
That's fair. There's a couple, a few scenes where I would disagree, but yes, generally, yes. He is Although, a turd in a punch bowl. This, <laughs> this movie did inspire me to like dream up another movie in my head, as these movies are wont to do. Is it one where Daniel LaRusso gets crane kicked in the mouth and loses all his teeth, and they're like, well, you're a trash person, so you got what you deserve? No, actually. It's a parody movie where all the like 80s movie bully kids live in a gated community together and like don't know that they're the bullies so like they wake up and their parents oh my god are, i'm so here for it right like it's like their shitty parents like their de- his dad's like chewing a cigar being like wake up kid and then he's like throws a soccer ball at a trophy and knocks it over like i just want like the 80s blonde haired totally went into gay porn eventually kids <laughs> To, to be, like, living together in a gated community and not know that they're the bad guys. And then, like, the protagonist of the real movie would show up and they'd all hate him. But the movie would frame it as though they're fully in the right. Like, this dude is an outsider. And that's why I hate him. Totally on board. Especially if we can get Billy Zabka playing, like, three distinct characters. Oh, my God. Like, Michael Myers style? Yes. Yeah. Like, he's... he Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Myers... Mike Myers, not Michael Mike. Myers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a very important distinction to make. You're right. Mike Myers, comedy boy, not Michael Myers, stabby boy. Um, Yeah, like, I want, like, one of him with jowls, one of yeah. him with, like, a bald cap, and then one with a full, set, full head of hair. Absolutely. Yes. A glorious, glorious cabbage up there. Just, like, nice blonde flow. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Like, wouldn't that be such a fun movie? I'm so here for that. That is a much more entertaining YouTube series idea than Karate Kid again. So, uh, Daniel-san gets invited to a beach party where he wears jeans to the beach for no reason and meets Eliza Baby Shoe. And I was very delighted to see her. I mean, I knew she was in this movie, but, like, I love her a lot. Yeah, no, Elizabeth Shue is a treat in this movie every time she's on screen. Has she just, like, retired? I don't know. I wonder if she was one of those actresses who kind of, like, stepped back when she had a family. I have really no idea. That's I'm only guessing pulling out of thin air. Um, but, yeah, I would love to see Elizabeth Somebody hire Elizabeth Shue to do a thing. Get her right? on the Goldbergs. What she, like, get her on an episode. Yeah, why the hell has Elizabeth Shue not been on the Goldbergs <laughs> right, right now? Like, get her on there. Get her, get her, do it. Like, I know... Um, and then they can do an in-joke where people keep thinking she looks like the actress from from, Bre- from uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Exactly. Like, in how they thought she was a Playboy model. Exactly. Ugh. It's so easy. Hollywood, hire yeah. us. Hey, hey. <laughs> Mr. Goldberg, can you please, Adam Goldberg, can you just get on this with us? Because we'll we'll help. We'll do it. It's not that hard. Uh, not Elizabeth Shue, but Back to the Future, that oh, actress. Our favorite. Yes. Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Thank you. She has directed episodes of the Goldbergs. Really? That's really cool. Yes. Yeah. But uh, she's not been on it. As- but I have a question for you about this beach thing, because they're on the beach for like 800 minutes so i had time to think about things that weren't this movie because again this movie is not very good go for it what is the scenario for this beach party so like and this is not just this movie this is all movies i'm bringing this subject up because it happens a lot parties all movie beach parties because this happens a lot and i'm always curious we have the daytime beach part everybody's got their suntan lotion on we're on the beach we're catching some rays we're kicking a soccer ball we're knocking the girls drink over and flirting and we're swimming and hooting and hollering right and then a shark attacks <laughs> that's a good movie but no then it's nighttime and we've got like a campfire and we're all wearing sweatshirts and pants and we're drinking out of paper cups 
is there a shower in between these? Or are you just like pulling long sleeves onto your sweaty, suntanned, salty body? I mean, I, my, I usually go for a dip in the water when I feel gross and, so, and sweaty and lotion-y. So I would rinse everything off and then dry off and then put on a sweatshirt. But when you rinse in the ocean, you've got like ocean gook on you. Like that's not a clean, that's not a clean base to work with. I, I think about, I, you know, I know I have a real obsession with showering. I'm revealing my cleanliness yeah. issues on this podcast. But I, I mean, a lot of beaches, it. a lot of public beaches do have some kind of rinsing shower thing. Right? So are we are we talking like everyone goes to the bathhouse? We take like full on showers and then we change. Bathhouse is a very time? different thing in my vocabulary. <laughs> okay, I'm just but gonna. Not, it's what gently it's put that out okay, there. It's we're talking about a public beach bathhouse. Get your mind out of the gutter, you trash monster. <laughs> it's not necessarily a den of sin. It's where families change their clothing. No, I'm picturing like the the one post with the four shower heads on it that you don't get naked at. You just like turn it on and like rinse off with fresh water i feel like this is a deeply uncomfortable nighttime situation for like this is not a good nighttime hang to me i am totally down for that like your hair is a little got the like fun beach volume in it from the salt water i'm i can't even ugh. i love i like. i love that aesthetic that just, or that feeling of just like you know what it's just like that's your skin's a little got a little dry like salt from the from the ocean the, the reason why it especially caught my eye in this movie is because Ralph Macchio is, like, very sweaty in this scene. He's got, like, a trip level of I've been playing a game, yeah. and, and, like, he's got, like, an under boob and, like, a between the shoulder blades and, like, a couple of dribs and draft. Like, he's got a good sweat going. Yeah, he's got so, angel wings and, like, sl- like, sleepy smiley face in the front. So all I could think of is, like, he just, like, jumped in the ocean, so now he's got, like, sweat and salt from the ocean, and he's just like, whatever, I'm in a sweatshirt now, make out with me. Just doesn't seem conducive to this whole thing. I think if he got in the water and rinsed himself off, cooled down, and then toweled off, he'd be fine to put on a sweatshirt. Pop a sweaty over that. I guess. Then the sweatshirt's nasty. I just, like, all about, this is just a, a bunch of stacked things I just find problematic as far as personal comfort level for this beach party. Uh, also, this beach party is like a middle school dance because the girls are all in one cluster. I don't think they... I think it was two separate parties. So the girls came alone and the boys came alone? And yeah. Just, like, happened to be... In, okay, that yeah, would be I think it was like I think it was like a soccer party and like a girl's day at the beach. And okay. then they combined that to make the beginning make of Jaws. Sense. Okay, yeah. It, it, it is the beginning of Jaws. Right? Like, if you just... I would... How fun would that be as, like, a fake-out to just, like, randomly edit things? Like, oh, we're going to watch The Karate Kid. And then watch the first, like, 15 minutes of The Karate Kid or whatever. And then edit it to become Jaws for the rest of it. And just, like, (laughs) don't say anything. I wonder what other movies you could get away with that with. (laughs) It is very, like, it is very much just that exact scene. As long as you cut it right, you could could have it panned left to right. And you you leave Elizabeth Shue and Ralph Macchio and you move And then, like, do a blur real quick. Like yeah, a, blurry, well, yeah. a blurry, a blurry pan. Yeah, and you pick up uh, what's her face at the beach party, running Chrissy. off. With Chrissy, I was gonna say Christina, yeah, Chrissy at the beach party, running off and getting eaten by a shark. That could be good. I wonder what other. Mo- now I'm gonna keep an eye out for other movies that you could like fake out into. <laughs> just, just pan over, and it's the next movie. Yeah. And the bonus of that is you're watching a good movie. You're watching. You switch to Jaws. Although, <laughs> although I wouldn't be like. The idea of, like, Elizabeth Shue as Roy Scheider's daughter 
in yeah. in Jaws. Like I I want to bring her back. Like you, she can she can come too. <laughs> well, she can come with. Wasn't she the sheriff in the Piranha movie? Bush. I don't remember the Piranha movie. All right, hold on. Piranha 3D. Look. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Elizabeth Shue plays the sheriff in Piranha 3D. She's just a good sport. Yeah, she's the sheriff in Piranha 3D. So she's basically oh. the Roy Scheider character. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And that's where the that's what happens. Her dad fought the shark, and she grew up to become a, a small town sheriff herself. Perfect. Magic. We just made a so much better movie. And bonus. This is only the third. Have- this is the third better movie we've created. Because <laughs> the bar is very low. This movie is not good. The fact that this is a beloved classic is genuinely baffling to me. But I don't know. I, I, she. Never mind. You're going to disagree, but I think she and Ralph Macchio have really cute chemistry together, and like the two of them, I, I find very engaging with each other. Yes, but my bigger problem comes later in the movie when he does classic abusive boyfriend shit to her. Like, more than one time, classic abusive boyfriend shit to her. And I just, like, have no time for that in this movie. Don't give me a protagonist who's a piece of shit to the woman that he's supposedly in love with. I can't. I got no time for this. So then we meet the Cobra Kai boys who roll up looking like they're about to do a gangbang gay porn video on their motorcycles. <laughs> they are so homoerotic. Like, I'm looking at the, I was like, I literally was like, did this, did I, what, did I click a, the wrong thing? Yeah. It is a little bit Is less... this a different kind of fake out? <laughs> it is a little bit less gay than Top Gun, but not much. It's not by much. Because they all roll up and they're all like blonde and glistening and ripped <laughs> on motorcycles and it's just like what is happening uh blonde and glistening i feel like is a subtitle for a lot of things <laughs> i feel like that could be like um pamela anderson's autobiography subtitle yeah no that's baywatch blonde mm-hmm. and glistening is just the show's subtitle it's just baywatch that, yeah. yeah um so they roll up and they're like, that's your ex-girlfriend down there. Let's go abuse her. Yes. And everyone's like, this seems like a cool idea. Let's roll, gang. Yes. And it's it's really Autobots weird. roll out. <laughs> it's, it's really weird to me because there's later in the movie, some of these Cobra Kai dudes, Bobby in particular, get some like character moment where they like seem like legitimate teenagers who are kind of sucked down the wrong path and are doing the wrong thing. But there's never any moment throughout the movie where that becomes earned at the end. There's not I a was, second of it. I was so excited for the very end of the movie to be like, Oh, Ralph Macchio is disqualified because he didn't come back in time. And then have one of the, the, the like Cobra Kai kid who defected be like, I only kicked him because my sensei told me to directly. And they would be like, oh, well, I guess you're both disqualified or they fight. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I want, I was like, he clearly was conflicted about that and apologized profusely. And I was like, where's the like follow through. But also if you're going to introduce that later, why is every one of the Cobra guys just like in the Aryan brotherhood? Like they're all absolute psychos. Because they all had a porn shoot afterwards. <laughs> but there's never, like, when at this part of the movie where someone's like, let's go harass your ex-girlfriend and all of her friends who are just having a fun beach night. It's like, hell yeah! And they all, like, scamper down to be shitheads. There's not, like, this guy Bobby should be a little apprehensive there and, like, on the fringe to earn this moment later. And instead, it's just like, no, we're all psychos. 
Bobby can be the protagonist of our 80s villain movie. <laughs> he can be oh, the one who, like, he's like, I don't know if this is, something doesn't feel right about this life. <laughs> like, we all think we're the protagonist in this story, but I think we're the bad guy. <laughs> like, I, I think that we aren't the good people here. <laughs> so they come down, and he immediately is like, hey, what are you talking to other guys for? And she's like... I don't know, because I'm your ex-girlfriend. And he's like, Because we yeah. broke the F up. Yeah, it's like, because I didn't want to be with you anymore. Well, that's not okay by me. And he's just like, kicking sand at her. And, doing and all he this- takes her boombox and breaks it and then drives over it. And he's like, sucks to suck, bitch. It's like, how is this uh, in your mind going to bring the two of you back together? Can I please- needed to meet his parents. Yes. Spoiler alert, the dad's an alcoholic and the mom is also abused by him because clearly this guy is an they were, abused he was, person. It was a quarterback and cheerleader situation. 1,000%. And they both tanked hard in college. He got hurt once and was like, I'm out. And then that was it. They hate each other and they hate Billy Zapka too. But anyways, on the beach, we get public abuse, assault, and battery. And uh, no one calls a policeman. It's the 80s. We can still trust them. <laughs> That's true. And then Daniel shows up and he picks up this boombox and he's like clearly wants to have a confrontation, but also is a little weenie. A, is and, like, a ch- like an infant. Yeah. And so he like picks it up and he's like, Me, Mr. Blonde Man, you didn't quite finish destroying this boombox. I picked it up so you could complete the job. I and didn't know why he did that. Like, what was it? What was his end game? I have no idea. I have no idea. And if it's the idea of like, you're going to pick it up and handle Elizabeth's shoe, you have to come in there swinging and like, not like metaphorically swinging at least and being like, Hey, you're a huge dick. Why don't you leave us alone? And at least say something and not just stand there holding this, like a child on their first day of school with their lunch bag. Who's like afraid to come into the classroom. Yeah. Yeah, It's just, it wasn't a good look. And then he gets the like ever loving crap kicked out of him by Max Reidemhard. And instead, (laughs) is that Zapka's board name? Yeah. Um, I was going to say Max Ryder, but I thought Ride Him Hard no, was more fun. No, no, it's correct. Like, gets the ever-living crap kicked out of him, and all of his, like, apartment motel friends are like, what a loser, we're leaving you. Yes! And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> he threw one good cold cock punch right into his nose, yeah. and then got knocked to the ground, and Elizabeth Shue was like, hey, are you okay? And he was like, get out of here. Right. This is my other beef. Okay. If you step up to the plate and someone beats the ever-loving piss out of you. And you get hit with a line drive. Yeah. At least let the girl who you were interested in and is now showing sympathy towards your plate talk to you and continue your conversation. Like, I'm not saying something creepy like let her take care of you. But, like, clearly she's so in concern, which is Obviously a, a good sign if you're interested in this person that like, oh, she's a, a good person. She cares about me when I got my shit None of your in. friends were. <laughs> yes. So your soccer only, friends could care less about you. The only nice person to him is the girl he's interested. And his response to her is be like, go away. I, I, got, I got hit. Go away. I can't deal with it. It just, it was, it, it was like, you're, you need to be ready for your Beauty and the Beast moment. Where she tends to your wounds, and then we sing something there. Yeah. Like, this whole movie could have been a lot shorter if we just did that. Yeah. Just but cut even, to something there. Even if even if you want to, like, step away from the 
problematic thing of woman as a caretaker and, and falling for a guy because she's taking care of him. And just like she's being nice, which means she's a good person because all your other friends were like, he lost a fight. Screw that guy. Ba- they really did. And it's really bizarre. Like take the pity hug, talk to her about what a dick her ex-boyfriend is. And then remember that he's a very good at punching because you, sir, are not good at punching. He doesn't learn that lesson for a while that like hey when you're guilty around someone who's good at punching they're gonna do some punching so stop being so guilty around the puncher yeah exactly so cut to the next morning and mrs larusso is making breakfast some very beautiful scrambled eggs by the way they're real good they're like not overly cooked out like a lot of movie scrambled eggs tend to be. I'm, I would go hard on this plate of scrambled eggs. I, yeah. Mrs. LaRusso knows her way around a breakfast order. Daniel, come eat, come eat your breakfast. Eat your eggs. Yeah. Take off your glasses. I want to see your eyes. I want to see your baby browns. Show yeah. your eyes. This, this part is more of the Daniel LaRusso insanity. He tries to sneak through, grab a single piece of egg with his fingers off the plate and eat it, and then bounce out the door while wearing glasses. I'm like... Hey, bud, this is the most obvious disguise in the history of disguises. If your point was like, oh, let me slip past mom without her noticing what's going on. Um, maybe don't try dressing like the invisible friggin' man, okay? I, I thought it was a cute outfit, tip to tails, but mom was like, I want to see, sh- see your eyes. Take off your glasses. Who did this to you? Who blacked your eye? What happened? This is also the only part of the movie that I like vividly remembered, which is very strange. Like that, that I remember weird. the end. I, I like obviously you remember the end with the crane kick and all that crap. But the like him hiding behind the refrigerator door and like them talking and him slipping out. I was like, oh man, I vividly remember this scene. And it's just such a throwaway. I don't know why it's stuck in my yeah tiny weird. pea brain, but it did. Um. So he goes to school. There's definitely an, a completely empty school bus pulling up to the school, if you did, if you noticed that. I did. Um, and once again, it's there's uh, what I thought was gym class, and I noted that movie gym class just feels like freeform prison yard time. <laughs> it really like, does. There's never structure. It's just no. like, everyone's doing, here's some balls and some sticks, kids. I'm going to go smoke <laughs> under the bleachers. The gym teacher just like wheels a cart full of apparatuses out, tips apparati. it over, yeah, and like There's goes like, to sit under the bleachers. It's like two lacrosse sticks, three hockey sticks, a couple of those floor scooter jobbers. No, it's got to be an uneven. Number. It's like three lacrosse sticks. One of them doesn't have the netting. Yes, it's, unbelievable. It's a completely. It's two completely flat hockey sticks, so they can be used right or lefty. Yep. Uh huh. Uh huh. A soccer ball. One of them's like, a goalie stick, which is yes, just like that's what it is. Yeah, one yeah. goalie and one regular. A like three quarters inflated soccer ball. Some of those like flat cones that they used in soccer. Yes, that yes. like people just step on and crack all the time. Yes, yes, the 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 lightweight tiny cones and uh, four ripped pennies. <laughs> I so when I was a senior. Uh, you had to take gym every uh, gym credit every year. And when they put my schedule together, they were like, you're not eligible for any gym classes. And I was like, okay, well I play football. So maybe just count that as my gym. And they were like, no, 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 you have to take gym. And I was like, okay, well I don't know how I'm supposed to solve this problem because I didn't make (laughs) my schedule. You all did that. I just like picked the classes last year and I got to school on the first day and it was like, you must come to the guidance office. And they were like, 
okay, well, we don't have a gym class for you. It's like, I, I don't, like, I don't, I, what do you want me to do? Like, I, I never drop, heard this story. Yeah. So they're like, it's like, so should you drop history? And it's like, wh- like, uh, what do you want me to do? So they were like, okay, so there's like three or four or five of you seniors that have this problem. So we're going to put you in this gym class, but you're going to be the only upperclassman in it. And we were like, all right, it's gym class. Like, who could possibly care? How does this affect anything? It's gym you class. fool. Yeah. I would hate that. <laughs> so it ended up being me and I knew the other four people who were upperclassmen. Were the other football guys? Uh, one or two of them were. Say- not all of them. It was not just like five meatheads and a bunch of children. <laughs> Because that's <laughs> yeah. a sitcom that's also very funny of like these yeah. us four chuckleheads. Gym what, class. Yeah. But what happened was the gym teacher, who was a really sweet woman, I wish I remembered her name. I think it was Mrs. Mulvaney, maybe. And that's not important to the story. I guess I shouldn't talk about someone without their permission anyway. Not that that's that identifying. Anyway, very sweet woman. Eventually it got to the point where it was like, fine, what do you guys want to do? Because like, she would try to do, like, dumb gym class stuff, and everybody hates that stuff, right? Like, everybody wants to do the fun things. Nobody wants to do nonsense. And so we just, like, convinced her to do fun games all the time. So we played, like, Ultimate Frisbee or flag football or softball. Like, we just always were playing sport game things as opposed to, like, shuttle runs and, like, nonsense that you do a lot of gym in gym. At least we did. Because like, you guys were already happy we were already doing it in football practice right it's like i'm not here to do wind sprints like i'll run i will give you a hundred percent maximum effort but we're gonna do a fun thing or i'm not gonna do anything and so she just like okay and then it ended up being like one of the most fun classes because we made such like a fun stupid environment in there that almost everybody wanted to participate like even the kids who normally like weren't into gym like were i'm pointing to myself right now like we would we'd be like what do you like to do? And that person would be like, Frisbee. And we're like, boom, ultimate Frisbee today. And we'd like get out the Frisbee and we'd play ultimate Frisbee. But the best of any of this was, I, <laughs> the story is building to a point. Um, we were playing ultimate Frisbee and uh, I was on opposite teams with this guy, Brian, who I knew from football, who was very tall, like uh, not, well, not ridiculously so, but like 6'3", to, compared mm-hmm. to me, very tall. <laughs> and somebody threw like a super long pass. We were playing ultimate frisbee in the gym and our gym had these like god they had these retractable bleachers so they formed a wall but you could pull it out and it would be you know 10 feet long and it had seats you know cascading upward but when it folded up it was like basically like a ladder built into the wall you couldn't safely climb it but it was like folded up against the wall but just like a big solid thing and i was playing defense against brian and this the, they threw this really long pass and he obviously can jump higher than me. So like, I can't do any, like I can't really, yeah. you're boned. Yeah. Well, I realized we were getting close to the wall and I was like, Oh, heads up wall. And he was turning to catch the pass. And this guy led him straight into the wall at like full speed. He <laughs> smacked off this wall so loud. it You could hear like the whole set of bleachers was like. It opened up. Like, yeah, if it was a cartoon, the bottom one would have popped out like a cash register. Like it was like clang and everybody whips around and he's like, you know, on the floor. And I was like, Oh my God. And the gym teacher thought that I pushed him. And so she comes over and is like, 
trip and i was like what and she's like what did you do and i was like i had nothing to do with this i yelled look out i was so afraid what do you mean and she was she thought we were like being meathead idiots and got, like, yeah 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 i got like too competitive and i like plowed him into the wall and instead he just what like, do you carry at the prom <laughs> yeah exactly it's like it's like like, I don't care if you're screwing around, but, like, that's really dangerous. And I was like, I had nothing to do with it. Like, he just, he was looking the wrong way and just, like, bang. Oh, God. Yeah. We had very different gym class experiences. Yeah, so I did have prison yard gym class one time. So it's the only movie-like thing that I experienced. I took uh, the freshman gym that was required of all freshmen that included health class. And the teacher was your old uh, athletics director i oh, think yes. was the title yeah he was and the football so, coach for a while too and so he was like oh you're trips little brother and i was like i'm about to disappoint you so hard <laughs> i was like i hope you don't expect much and he was like oh okay <laughs> and so like we'd be like wait, in the wait wait uh <laughs> mr h taught no, you health casey Oh, okay. Oh, he's a good dude. Okay. He's a good dude. He's a real yeah, good yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, it was, like, me and two friends would just hang out, and, like, we'd be in the in the weight room, and you just had to, you had to do what you wanted, but, like, record everything, and you got right, graded right. to make sure you did stuff, and we just made shit up, <laughs> and there was one time that he was like, you know I don't think you did all this, right? <laughs> and I was like, I hope you don't. <laughs> Like, I don't think you're dumb, and you don't think I'm doing I, this. I think we're all on the same like, page here. We're all doing real good <laughs> things here. And, like, it was just, like, really brief and easy. And then I took a dance class in high school, because they offered dance one year. And then I took summer gym once, so I didn't have to, so I could fit more into my schedule. <laughs> um, anyway, in the movie, it's not actually gym class. I'm pretty sure it's, like, tryouts soccer for the soccer tryouts. team. Yeah. Um, which, like, why is... Uh, the soccer thing didn't need to be anywhere in this movie. Like, it didn't translate from, like, soccer kicking to karate kicking. And there was no, like, oh, you're the best soccer player at your old school, and this is super important to you, so when you get kicked out of tryouts, it's gonna be really a big deal. Like, there was none of that. Right, and it's also, like, the the way this movie structures, oh, he's the new guy and doesn't fit in, is... He had some friends, and they watched him get beat up, and now he's the outcast. Which is, like, really terrible logic to show children. It's real weird. So, Elizabeth Shue goes to the cheerleading section because she's a woman, and does some cheering and some backflips. While all the Cobra Kai dudes take their shirts off and run around the football field. Yeah. Because... <sighs> Look, we're trying to get we're trying to have a glisten going. When we, when Ball we, Boy 4. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to glisten over here, okay? <laughs> and then one of them, like, does... I don't remember what happens. One of them does something shady, and Ralph Macchio just, like, full-on tackles the guy, basically. Yeah! And the soccer coach is like, you're out of here! You're out of line! Which is the appropriate thing to do when you're the soccer coach holding tryouts. When one kid tackles another kid, you're like, I don't even know why you're wasting everyone's time. Leave. Yeah, but that he also got that's no he got tripped like someone like slid into his into his legs and he tackled them back. They both should have been kicked out. But like Daniel's response is to tackle him like a football tackle and not like European football, but it, like American football. It should have been the football coach watched and was like, "You get over here." Yeah, exactly. But like the it should have been the Rudy was, kid. <laughs> the dude who hit him was doing like a soccer ish move. 
You know what I mean? Like, could conceivably have gotten away with it as a soccer foul, but Daniel tackles him with his arms. He does. You're right. Because he's the villain of this movie. He's a trash person. He, he's a villain. He's the villain of the movie we're writing. I don't know what that movie's going to be called either. I need to think of that too. So he decides that he's going to learn karate. He's trying to teach himself from a book. And Mr. Miyagi, also, he calls him Mr. Miyagi. And that's like the most like Guido Gamook <laughs> yes. Jersey Italian thing. Oh, Miyagi. No, <laughs> this is not an Italian dude. This is an Asian man. It's probably Miyagi. <laughs> or crazy idea. Just ask. <laughs> yeah. Just ask. Just how, sir, how do you say your name? I'm Daniel. Miyagi. Hey, you go on. So he stops by this this karate dojo that I use loosely the term because it's just a cult. Like it as is. someone who took karate and like beyond that as someone who like has a brain in their head, they're like this is not karate. They they it's a just a white dude former military man. Yes. Being a drill sergeant to a bunch of white, glistening, blonde kids. You want to talk about military bullets? This guy <laughs> has a closet with some military military bullets, bullets in it. and also some of his students. Yes, and Hey-o. also also probably a bunch of pictures of women who rejected him with their eyes crossed out. Probably. Oh, I was gonna say Playgirl magazine. Yeah, I mean probably also accurate. Yeah, he's like he's like um. The bargain bin of the dollar store's version of Patrick Swayze. <laughs> he's, he's on clearance at the dollar store. They're like, yeah. four for one. We just don't want this anymore. Please <laughs> we just got to get it out. <laughs> it's basically trash already, but we hope that you will give us some American dollars <laughs> for it. You will give us a quarter to throw it out for us. <laughs> Like, what do I do with this? It looks like one of those things that, like, you put on your dashboard and, like, it dances in the sun, but it doesn't have any photo- photovoltaic receptor on it. So it just is, like, <laughs> it's just a plastic thing. And it its does, arms it doesn't have missing. any joints. Also, there's its arm and head are missing. It's just, it's just a <laughs> yeah. flower pot. We hope you'll throw it away for a quarter. <laughs> um. great deal we hope you throw this away for a quarter is like my new favorite thing <laughs> that should be a t-shirt that should be this that should be what this podcast is called <laughs> we, we, we hope, hope you throw, throw away. this away for a quarter um or if not um patrick swayze then the dad from sky high whose name is escaping kurt, me kurt russell thank you yes <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, this guy. This guy wishes he could be discount that's dollar what I'm store say- Kurt Russell. He's, I'm saying no, he's like wh- no. What I'm saying is this guy is a th- this guy wishes he could be the discount dollar store Kurt Russell. He doesn't oh, even no. qualify for that. He's lower tier than that. This guy, if it's Kurt Russell, this guy is actually in the trash can, and the dollar store <laughs> threw it away. Out back, yeah. Um, and he's just being like, "There's no mercy. You you punch to kill every time." <laughs> yes, and you although, bunch of pussies. Although I will say, there is one moment where I was like, "That's actually a good technique for the." We'll get to it later. Insane rules of this karate tournament, where all there the fights, are no rules in this karate tournament. But the karate tournament is to two points. So, is it two? Yes. 
from what I, from what as an audience, from what I did, like I just watched it tonight and I gleaned that it was to two points. Well, maybe that's not right, but if it is, it was very unclear. His his method of like you score the first point by knocking them down and then you punch them again while they're down to get your second point is very good strategy for the rules of this tournament. If that is in fact what they are. Yeah, but that's uh, horrible sportsmanship. I mean, yes, horrible. of course, but like you're trying to win. You try to get that all valley trophy. So Daniel is in the back of the class, and when he when the whole class bows to the instructor, we find out that it's Max Reidemhard, and he like looks at Daniel in a way that's like, "This is a porn. Like th- yes. those are bedroom eyes." Yes. So this is a cult, not karate, and he goes to meet his mom at a Chinese restaurant. I think for some reason I don't think she works there, but that's where they met. And um, outside the, it's very weird. So it's framed in a way that we can see the two of them and the big plate glass window, and the Cobra Kai kids like wander like in the background, not really close enough to see anything. Like see Daniel and his mom, they grab the leader and like point him out when the leader goes to attack him through the restaurant window. They pull him back. And then they just scamper away. And I was like, didn't need to see any of that, really. No. And if the only thing it accomplishes is like, oh, boy, they really hate Daniel. And it's like, hey, we already knew that. I gathered when they motorcycled up, uh, put their dick away, and then punched him and then drove (laughs) away. (laughs) Like, we got it. I will say, though, this movie really does set the template for 80s bully antagonist. Like, yes, there's there there. I will say this. We talked a lot about Elizabeth Shue already and Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi. There's no finer 80s bully villain than Billy Zapka. None. That I agree. I would agree with that. He is the high watermark for this template of character as like utter sociopath that really terrifies you. Mm-hmm. Um, so they uh, once again all ride up on their motorcycles and push him down a hill on his bike. Yes. Because, sure. Well, to be fair, a lot of movies in the 80s had just, like, insane Vehicular assault? Yeah, like the part in The Goonies we've we've touched on before where they grab Josh Brolin's bike and zoom him up to 40 miles an hour and then push him down a hill. Like, that's attempted murder is what that is. He would bag of soup against a tree. Yeah. So he goes home and throws his bike away and throws a temper tantrum and his mom's like, what is happening? I don't understand because you haven't talked to me at all. You skulk around the house with your karate book and your sunglasses, and I don't know what's happening. (laughs) I'm also going to be gone for the next 30 minutes of the movie, so drink it in. It doesn't matter what you say, because ultimately (laughs) I'm only going to show up at the karate tournament, and you're not even going to know I'm there until halfway through that. Yeah. So we cut to school the next day. Elizabeth Shue is there with her lesbian friend. (laughs) Is that not 100% the vibe you're supposed to get? I mean, a little bit, I guess. She dresses up like Marlena Dietrich at, <laughs> yeah, the, but, at the Halloween dance. But everybody dresses like clowns in this movie, so it's kind of hard. To, you're, not, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> Marlena Dietrich! <laughs> um, so she's like, oh, I guess we're cute. you're cute and we're dating and whatever. And like, let's go to the arcade. And he sees the bullies and his reasonable response is... I'm going to not walk next to the bullies with you because this it's clearly a trigger for them. Yeah. And, sh- and her response is like, I don't know like what the big deal is. And I was like, Elizabeth Shue, you know what the big deal is because you left the big deal. Like you dumped him. 
Like, let's let's all be on the same page here that your ex is crazy. But he also never comes out and just says it, right? And just to be like, hey, that dude keeps beating the shit out of me, so I don't want to... Like, let's, let's I'm go... I'm running out of frozen way. steaks. Oh. <laughs> My mom keeps, like, asking where the peas are, and there's, like, only so many times I can tell her how much I love peas. Every <laughs> night for dinner, I get just a bowl of peas. There's no, not even any seasoning in it. She's just like, here's your peas, Daniel. I'm sick of peas, woman. I'm sick of peas. <laughs> I can't help it that they contoured the weird shape of my face. <laughs> so Daniel goes home from the arcade date um, and sees his bike is perfectly fixed. So he goes to the mysterious and he's like, oh, did you fix my bike? Thanks for that. And Miyagi's like, come in and cut a bonsai with me for an undetermined amount of time. And he's like, all right, that seems like a cool idea. Give me a pair of scissors. And so these two just, like, in silence, cut bonsai trees until Daniel's mom comes home. And it's a very weird activity for two people who have next to no relationship at this point. Absolutely. And also, this is the part in the movie where it finally dawned on me how much Ralph Macchio just runs his hand through his hair as his only acting move. Like, any time he needs to get a little gravitas in a moment, it's like, boom, hand through the hair. Boom, hand through the hair. That's my. That's like one of my anxiety ticks. But if I'm like, I don't need, I need to do something with my hands right now, and that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> but like, as a as a person watching a movie, it's a psychotic number of times that he just like hand through the hair, hand through the hair. Um. So we go to the Halloween dance. Yeah. And he's dressed as a shower, which is like kind of a cute costume. It's a fun costume, but it's so he can hide. Yes. Which is which makes sense. Yeah, and it's also extremely cowardly. And also, as someone who would think about this kind of thing, if you're worried about the bullies being able to catch up to you and beat you up, you should probably dress in a costume that allows you to get away as good as possible, and that is not to get in the middle of a giant box, you dingus. I mean, his legs weren't encumbered, but yes. Could you imagine him trying to run away holding this giant box at his waist? Like It's not a box. It's just strapped to his back. But still, he's got this whole big, like, thing uh, strapped to him. He's, like, uh, like the visual of him running as this shower curtain bobs up and down. Like, Billy Zapka and his friends would catch him by the shower curtain, b- probably break his spine in the process, and then just stomp him to death. <laughs> it's, it's not fused to him like Doc Ock. <laughs> he, would, he would trade this shower curtain costume for a spinal halo after the Cobra Kai's get done with them. And it's all because he wore a spinal halo to begin with. Fine. So Elizabeth Shue sneaks into his shower curtain. And, like, they have a sweet, tender little moment. She steals a flower from Marlena Dietrich. And they zip off and, like, have a moment. She- oh, that's... <laughs> it's funny. I just laughed at it. Also... <laughs> We didn't mention Mr. Miyagi carves pumpkins right before this dance that are like eerily similar to the ones from the movie Halloween. I mean, they might be left over <laughs> for for eight years or six years. They're fake pumpkins. Yeah, I guess. Um, I assume the ones in the movie Halloween were not fake pumpkins because it was true. a very low budget movie. That's true. Um, so they're like, oh, I wish I wish my asshole ex-boyfriend would get his comeuppance. And Ralph Macchio is like, yo, I do, too. And then he goes to the bathroom, and he sees all the Cobra Kai dudes dressed as uh, skeletons for yes. some reason. Yeah, I like, don't With know why. Yeah, like committed. I mean, their their parents probably paid someone to come do it. Um, 
and he sees one of the guys like talk over the stall to um, Max Reidemhard, and he's like, "You rolling the blunt?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." So now he's really bad because he's smoking weed. Yeah, got it. Yeah. By the way, these characters need to be doing cocaine in this bathroom. The char- these Cobra Kai characters are high not school kids. Heads. High school kids aren't going to do coke. I know, but these characters. I mean, are not I- IRL. Who's to say? <laughs> I was in the car. I was I was driving somewhere with a friend who is older than me, and a song came on the radio, and he was like. Oh, I used to do so much cocaine to this George Michael song back in the day. <laughs> and I was like, you don't know the parody of yourself that you are. I never saw cocaine in person until I was in college, but I was not a cool kid. And my response to seeing it in college was to immediately leave, leave Im- immediately leave the party where it was being done. Oh, you left the whole party. Oh, I. it was like a trip-shaped hole in that wall. <laughs> and then you called mom. <laughs> Mom, they were doing cocaine. They no, were doing I, a snorting drug. I, I got to this party and like it was friends who had an off campus apartment. They had like moved out there and everybody like they let people smoke cigarettes in their apartment and, and people were smoking pot in the apartment. And just like I walked in, grabbed a beer, uh, opened my beer, my natty light, cracked it open. And then I hear. And I'm like, what is that sound? And I turn and I look, and uh, there is a person cutting lines on the coffee table with a credit card. And I put the beer down, and I was like, I forgot something. I'll see you guys later. And then I went home at 10 o'clock. Because this was my thought. One, these part- those parties got broken up literally every weekend. Like, cops would come, send everybody home. Mm-hmm. Cops come to a party with, like, some underage drinking, maybe a little bit of weed. Like, ah, eh, get out of here. Cops come to a party with a bunch of cocaine on the table. Everybody's getting put in the Was zip it a ties. bunch of cocaine? Yes. It was like... Okay. Like, I mean, the most cocaine I had ever... It's still the only real time I've seen cocaine. The only ever. cocaine you've ever seen in person. Yeah. Well, I've seen... Since then, I've seen a person with like a little baggie, like a tiny little amount. But mm-hmm. this was like, I don't know, like a, a few... Like a quarter cup of cocaine. <laughs> I don't think you measure it in like baking <laughs> terms. <laughs> That's, I think it was like a quarter cup of cocaine. <laughs> it's not a recipe. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying it was like a pretty good amount of cocaine. Like, uh, like the, if I handed you a quarter cup of baking soda and dumped it on a table and I was like, it was this much cocaine, you'd be like, that's a lot of cocaine, I feel like. Okay, fair. So that's how much cocaine it was. It was like a quarter cup and I was like, I'm, this is not my party. This is not for me. This is, I am not this person. I cannot hang here. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I, I I I probably have seen it in person. Um, so he's doing pot and he smoke. He's like rolling a joint in the bathroom. He just said he's doing pot. I, I would did. like to I'd like to call attention to the. He said he's doing I was, pot because we were talking about doing cocaine. I know, I know, I know. I'm I'm not that lame. I was in reefer madness. I'm no. I'm like real up on the hip lingo. Yeah. Um, so he's rolling a joint in like the stall. And for some reason, there's a slop sink in this high school bathroom. Yeah, I, with a hose. Do you think it's like near the arts art classes or something? I think it like this is what usually only appears in the janitor's closet. That's true. That's true. So he like snakes a hose above him, and turns it on and sprints out of the room and I, and like continues to sprint. And I was like, you know what your plan should have been, Ralph? Should have been turn it on, run out of the room. And then act real casual with Elizabeth's shoe, because no one knows shit, buddy. Like, 
no one there weren't a bunch of cobra guys watching you do it like no one knows you did it also daniel just the fyi when people smoke pot they're real chill afterwards of all the people we've seen in this movie who could use a chill moment or two it's billy freaking zapka so no, maybe really, just... it's it's daniel's mom she deserves the pot okay deserves <laughs> yes needs zapka right like needs if all the characters that need to have a little bit of weed it's billy zapka maybe just let him have it or like be cool for a second and you'll just be like oh yeah that smells like good shit man like how you doing and maybe he will stop punching you so many times maybe but instead he sprints away causes a car accident ditches his costume and continues to sprint until he is beat the actual f up (laughs) it is like a ritual beating that they do to him like like something that you would see in like a national kalima yes (laughs) yes i was gonna say of like some fake national geographic special where they like make up a tribe just like they made up mermaids and the megalodon and like this is the ritual that the tribe competes for boys to become men or something stupid like that like this is a deeply sadistic and twisted thing that they're doing here it is like fight club watches this movie and it's like whoa that's a little (laughs) bit much isn't it whoa um like two guys are holding him down while max Reidemhard punches his fucking stomach in (laughs) and then one guy's like hey i think he's had enough and he's like i don't more punches (laughs) i wanted that kid to get i wanted the uh i think he's had enough kid to get punched and then for him to keep punching (laughs) like to just be like boom (laughs) anyone else have an opinion (laughs) like like he hits the one guy with the right and then just keeps punching daniel he's like (laughs) he doesn't stop throwing lefts at daniel but he throws a quick right to the guy who said yeah and everyone's like i don't have any problem with that max I think this is a good plan. Meanwhile, 65 million year old Mr. Miyagi shows Bat up. Bat Miyagi. Yeah, and he just wrecks the shit out of all these teenage <laughs> boys. Like, one by one, it's just like... Lays waste. <laughs> yep, it's just like block, punch, kick, flip, throw, chop, smack, and they're just like decimated. It's so good. And he like... Fireband carries Ralph Macchio away. And I was like, oh, Ralph Macchio was literally 20 feet from home when he got pulled down the wall yeah. and beat up. Yeah. No, he was very close to making it. It was it was like something out of a something out of a sad movie, like a really sad movie where you're like, like oh, I was no. like, like, you have expect him them to like flip him around and be like, look at the home you almost made it to as I punch you in the kidneys. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yes. Yeah. Pee blood. He's like he's like spitting out teeth. Like it's really messed up. So I love also they cut to Daniel's POV and it's like his vision closing in, like circling in, like getting hazy. And he sees it's like a cutscene in a video game where your character got hit in the head, and then it's like your friend comes to rescue, and they're like, "Hey man, get up!" And they like reach a hand, but it's Mr. Miyagi reaching out. So to and so him. has joined your party. Yeah, and then it cuts in these like really awful asian flutes like woodwind flutes as he's reaching to him i was like you have got to be kidding me with this asian mysticism bullshit in this movie like come on (laughs) you know what's also hilarious about that that hasn't changed because disney recent like in the past couple years released what it's called the descendants movies and it's the kids of all the main characters and villains okay and mulan has a daughter in this movie 
And I swear to Christ, she either only wears like Asian brocade fabrics that are like silky satin and or they only play like Asian instrumentals every time she's on screen. That sucks. That really sucks. Lonnie. So Miyagi takes him home, makes him tea, heals his wounds yeah, he does a thing literally rubbing his hands together and like touching him and it just like cures whatever is bothering him. Yeah, his magic touch. Because uh the mystical Asian man this time. Branching out, you know. Yeah. Um, so he's like Daniel's like, Yeah, these guys keep beating me up and he's like, Well let's go to their dojo and I was like, This doesn't seem like a good idea, but okay. All of a sudden Max Ridemhard sees them and he's like, Sensei, that's the guy who beat up six of us last night. The old man. Yeah. Which, like, I'm really surprised he admits in the cold light of day. Yeah. No, 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 no. Because the, the sensei goes over and he's like, I heard you jumped six of my kids last night. And I was like, shouldn't six of your finest warriors be able to handle an old man? <laughs> That's what, yeah, like, exactly. If, if I'm in this movie, I do so much dumb guy voice. Like, <laughs> have you looked at me? I'm... 312 million years old. I'm from the, the Pope Cret- and I went to elementary school together. I'm from the Cretaceous period. I've ridden dinosaurs. I am folding in half. Your virile sex gang should be able to have fights with me and win. Virile sex gang. Oh, it's my new band name. Yeah, like they should be able to handle this. They, if they're, if this dojo owner is worth anything they should beat the ever-loving snot out of mr miyagi it's six on one mm-hmm. and so eventually like the yeah the other the the bad guy dojo leader sensei is real flip-floppy he's like you jumped six six of my kids last night and then when miyagi's like yeah because they were beating up one guy and he's like oh you don't like the odds and it's like uh, Miyagi doesn't have a fucking problem with the odds. We established that. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but one of your students just said that he kicked nine kinds of shit out of them, and he was by himself. Like, he could kick everyone in this room's ass and then rip your head out with a spine attached like a Mortal Kombat fatality. Flawless victory! Yeah, as your body, like, sinks and falls forward. Like, let's not... Like, look, white dude teaching karate. <laughs> you got a lot of nerve. By the way, I wrote down here, I know we already did this run of jokes, but I'm repeating it anyway. Uh, I call him Psycho Dollar Store Val Kilmer here. Oh, Val Kilmer works too? Yeah, like Iceman, Top Gun, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they're like, all right, I guess if your kid competes in this uh, karate tournament that apparently exists. And that... Everyone knows about like Miyagi doesn't bat an eye when he's like, "Well, how about the All Valley Tournament?" And it's like, "Wait a minute, Miyagi, what the hell do you know about the All Valley Tournament? How famous is this tournament of karate that everyone knows what it is?" It was featured in Nintendo Magazine. <laughs> like, does Miyagi just go to this for fun? Yeah, he just got he scouts. Although I get if uh, in a better movie they would explain that Miyagi knows what the All Valley tournament was because of the whole thing with his wife and the dojo that gets introduced like yeah. an hour later in this movie because it's so long. Yeah, yeah. Um. So uh, they drive him. They drive to uh, Miyagi's secret real compound? house. <laughs> his secret house. 
And he's like, all right, you're going to wax my wash and wax all my cars. Here's how you do it. I'm going to go to bed and just like leaves. And this is my first note of does Daniel's mom not wonder where he is? Right. Like, also, I know it was a different time and this is like a standard trope of 80s movies. But old ass men hanging out with young boys was just not a problem for anybody back then. No one batted an eye. It's like, yeah, no, my my son's best friend is a a 412 million year old (laughs) Asian man named Mr. Miyagi. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Who's also our handyman and therefore can get into our apartment whenever he wants. He has a disturbing level of access to a 16 or 17 year old boy. So Ralph Macchio uh, does the thing and he's like, I'm going home. And he goes to school the next day and he's like, Elizabeth Shue, date me. And she's like, you haven't punched me yet. So, okay. And so. Wait, did you gloss over the like most important stupid thing that everybody loves from this movie? What, wax on, wax off? Yeah, you got it. We got to at least mention the. I did. I said he I said he washes and waxes the cars. I know, but you didn't talk about the thing. It seems like people are going to be like, how do they do a whole podcast about the karate kid? We're an hour and 20 minutes in (laughs) to the podcast recording. (laughs) I'm just saying, well, this has got to be a four hour podcast to go through all the insane shit of this movie because this movie is two hours and seven minutes long yeah i will say that miyagi does impart one nice piece of advice here with the idea of either commit to a thing or don't commit to a thing but don't halfway commit to a thing it's a really good life lesson hidden in this movie yeah so wax on wax off happens a billion cars get waxed on and waxed off which by the way does which is exactly what max Rydemoff does in his (laughs) off hours wax off boom Wordplay. Sorry, you were saying, and I interrupted. No, it's fine. My my bigger beef is at one point Ralph Macchio. Max Rydemoff has bigger beef. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you're gonna like this one too because <laughs> Daniel walks in on Mr. Miyagi praying, like having this little moment to himself, and he mm. reacts as if he's full on jerking it, like he. His reaction to seeing a non-Christian person praying to their deity is like, oh my god. And like he quietly You're naked. He quietly like backs out of the room like cartoonishly. It's such a weird scene in this movie. So also yeah, he's it, xenophobic. I'm adding that to the pile to Daniel LaRusso. Also <laughs> is xenophobic. Get carry- Ralph Macchio is gonna tweet us now. I'm not talking about Ralph Macchio, I'm talking about Daniel LaRusso, the fictional character in this movie is a xenophobe. <sighs> So the next day at school, he uh, the Elizabeth Shoe thing happens, and then they're walking, and the gang of you know, gay porn bullies is walking up, and she's like, "Do you want to walk a different way?" And he's like, "No, watch this. Hey guys, nice nice shiner on your eye. Keep icing that shoulder. Okay, have a good day. Have a good day." Because Miyagi like, brokered a deal where oh, they would that's stop right. punching him. We didn't talk about that. Miyagi brokered a deal with the Cobra Kai cheap dollar store Val Kilmer guy. To be like, hey, look, stop beating him up, and then we'll fight at the tournament, and then you guys can have all the punches at him you want. Yeah. Which no, seems fair. no punches now, infinity punches later, which is like a weird plan. Or you can get ten punches till the end of time that you don't know when they'll come. <laughs> um, He's also way too cool for school. Like, as soon as, like, 
I know that he thinks that Miyagi brokered this deal, but I would not trust that it was actually going to go through. And he's just no. like skittily bop bopping around like, hey, you guys, hey, what are you? Yeah, like you were just saying. And then also his like approach to Elizabeth Shue at this point is extremely too cool for school where it's like, hey, buddy, you're a doofus. Like you're a poor doofus. You have no friends. You're lucky this girl gives you the time of day. Act appreciative for what you have. Like, your only friend is the weird caretaker of your apartment building who has decided to teach you karate, maybe, and has stopped these boys but from punching who, you. Who really, throughout the movie, it feels like Miyagi just wanted free labor to open his Asian-inspired vintage car dealership. Yeah, and Like, that's, what, that's the vibe I got. Yes, for sure. Um, so, uh, they go on a date, and Machio's mom drives him there, and he's like, oh, hi, Elizabeth Shue. And she's like, oh, meet my parents. And instantly he turns into, like, a, a six-year-old. Yeah. He, like, can't look anyone in the eye. He's, like, kicking the brick. I do love, and I know this has probably given this movie way too much credit, but the super rich parents having a broken brick is, like, really nice symbolism that I very much yeah. appreciated that I don't, uh, like, it was maybe was on purpose, maybe not. But I really loved that symbolism of like, mm, yes, welcome to our perfect home with our perfect family, our perfect daughter. Oh my god, the brick! How could you let that happen, Janine? How, Janine? Yeah. How? Yeah. Um, and they clearly do not like him because he's poor and filthy, and his mom. I I thought they were gonna make a comment about like, where's your father? Yeah, I did too. Like it's, it seemed like it was kind of like that's your mother. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. And I was waiting for him to be like, and where is your father? Like. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mrs. LaRusso is like a saint. She's driving this doofus child of hers on a date with a girl who's. Hello. I'm Mrs. LaRusso. Hi. (laughs) Let me wave. Let me reach across the car and lean out the other window and wave. Hi. (laughs) We're going to the arcade. It's going to be great. Pretzels and pizza for everybody. No. Dipshit didn't plan where they were going. That's also true. Yeah. And the parents are like, where are you going? And he's like, I don't know. And she's like, how about golf? And she's like, I don't know, golf and stuff. And I was like, that's the, that's what you're going to do on the date. That's not a place, Elizabeth Shue. (laughs) And then cut to, oh, it's a place. It's a place called golf and stuff. It's, it's why Kurt Russell had dreams of opening up his own mini golf studio because putt putt was all the rage. Also, they get in the car and all three of them sit in the front seat. It's real weird. I could not think of a weirder thing to do in a non-pickup truck situation. Although, those like bench seating were pretty common, weren't they? Right, but why wouldn't Daniel and the date get in the back seat? I don't know. Maybe the doors are broken. It's a shitty car. Yeah, I don't know. they do have to push start it like moments later. And then, she, and then Mrs. LaRusso shouts up to the parents, like, don't worry, it happens all the time. No, this is fine. Well, they'll be, they'll be safe in the car. Also, by the way, Elizabeth Shue just like, yep, knows how to pop a clutch, hops in the front seat, no big deal, because she's the best character in this movie by a billion and a half miles. Yeah. I was like, why does Elizabeth Shue's character know how to drive stick? Because she's the queen, and everyone else in this movie except Mrs. LaRusso and Mr. Miyagi are absolute butt trash. That's fair. So we get a date montage. They're in the photo booth and all that blah, blah, blah. Bubble hockey. Bubble hockey. Um, And we get to the end of the date, and her friends are, like, hanging out with Max Reidemhard and his, like, gay porn buddies for some reason. 
Like I mean, they're the we popular all, kids. But like her friends all know he's abusive. Like they know and hate him. Yeah, but I guess they want to have sex with his friends. I mean, maybe. Um, and this leads to a no reason fight between Machio and Elizabeth Shue. Right, because he's a psycho and has inadequacy issues and can't address them on his own, so he has to take it out on Elizabeth Shue like a psycho, abusive boyfriend. I feel like you're the me of this podcast this time. I'm just... He is a trash monster. I can't believe you're not on board with this. I'm not not on board. I just don't see it as aggressively as you do. Um... So he goes to see Miyagi the next day, and he's Miyagi has somehow built a series of bridges in his backyard he since has, last he was there. He has an insane property. Like I don't know how much it pays to be the caretaker of a random rundown motel, motel, but apparently it's very good. Or Miyagi made a lot of money on the stock market or something because he has a compound. Um. So he's like, you're gonna sand, you're gonna sand down all this stuff. Cool. And this is where I said I think Miyagi is trying to open an Asian-inspired vintage car dealership. Yeah. The, he got the cars waxed. He got the showroom floor sanded down. Like, you're Mike not wrong. gonna park the cars on the bridge. I think it's also a spa, probably. It could be a spa. Mm-hmm. It has that sort of uh, like wooded paneled look to it. It just feels very yeah. spa-like to me. Um. And then we get Hawaiian shirt Miyagi, who's one of my favorite Miyagis we see in this it movie. It is very good. Like, I imagine Miyagi is like a Barbie doll, and there's like, Hawaiian shirt Miyagi. <laughs> By the way, I can't believe how much more movie there is to get through. This I, is, yeah. This is We are an hour and a movie. half into the <laughs> podcast. This might get, need to be released as two pieces. Although, maybe the first 20 of this would be talking about Philly. So Yeah, three minutes of that. Oh, okay. So the next day, Daniel comes back to the house, and Miyagi isn't even there. He just left him a paint buckets and was like, "Paint my house. Do it side to side, not up and down." LOL. Bye. So in the love in- you, mean it. So in the interest of speeding up this bit, Miyagi gives him a series of things he has to fix at the house. This is the last thing to, to do. Okay. The painting is the last. Well, no, I was gonna get to the the boat stuff. Oh yeah, with noodle arm Daniel. Right. So so let me let me take a crack at this. First he makes Daniel do a bunch of cleaning up the house tasks, painting, sanding, waxing the cars, and then he takes him out on a boat and is like teaching him how to do balance stuff, and then he's teaching him the crane kick on these pillars at the at the beach. He's you know, he's like teaching him to fight the waves and balance stuff. But at no point during any of this, like I know the message of the movie is Oh, he learns the motions and, like, you know, all that crap. But at no point does Miyagi actually teach him any karate at all. It's all, all like, I've built the muscle memory in you, so now that you know that, you can defend yourself. Even the thing where, and, like, Daniel does this weird sort of, like, curls his knuckles up and makes a, like, a flat hand. It's a tiger. I believe it's tiger strike. Okay, but like tiger Miyagi palm? doesn't even teach him tiger palm. He just like instinctively is doing that, and it's just bizarre to me. That's fair. The only part of this that I really enjoy is where Miyagi has him standing on the boat, and he's like telling him to keep his balance, and then he, to screw with him, like quickly jerks the boat to one side, mm-hmm. and he like, <laughs> Pat Morita's cackle is so funny to me. Like It's, it's a joy. It is really, like, LaRusso is shivering and cold and angry, and Marita is just cackling at him and i love everything about it then we get 
Then we get our gremlins turn for this movie where Daniel <laughs> shows up to Miyagi's house and he is totally drunk looking at a picture Blitzed. of his, yeah, looking at a photo of his wife and clearly very sad. And we learned that Miyagi's wife and died during childbirth. So he lost his wife and unborn child in the same instance uh, in an internment camp, which is a real a horrible thing weird that happened to people in this country but also kind of a weird thing to put in this weird child karate movie. Mm -hmm. So we go to crane kicks at dawn and Daniel is jumping on a pylon (laughs) doing some crane kicks. And then finally Miyagi is like, okay, here's how you throw a punch. And he puts on a full catcher's gear for some reason. I mean, it's a good way to not get like punched in the face. Yeah. But if you punched a catcher's mask, it would destroy your hand. That's true. That's fair. You're like, right. like maybe just tell him not to. Maybe teach him enough through actual karate teaching to not punch you in the face. Yeah. Um. So then we get to Daniel's birthday. Um. And it's just Miyagi and him with a cake. Yep. And I went, where the actual F is Daniel's mother? Even worse than that, Daniel has a moment where he's like, oh, crap, my mom. And then he tries to leave. And then Miyagi's like, wait, I have more. And there's like a solid 10 more minutes before he leaves. He says, pick a car, which is a great gift. Thank you, Miyagi. Yeah. He gets the car and immediately goes to try and cruise for fucking Elizabeth's shoe. Yes. And I was like, you said your mom was waiting. Because... He is a trash person. I agree. He's garbage. He also says the saddest thing, which is that Mr. Miyagi is the best friend he's ever had. I mean, this is a boy desperately in need of a hug. So is he a trash person or is he in need of a hug? No, he's a trash person, but he also could use a hug. Okay. He immediately abandons his mother on his birthday when he said she was making him a special cake to go talk to Elizabeth Shue, who... When he gets there, he yells at for being kissed against her will by Oh, we Billy didn't Zabka. mention that part either. Yeah, she got... Her parents were like, why are you with that poor person? Be with Billy Zapka. And it's like, hey, do you not know why she dumped him? That he, like, beats everybody up and also is the gay porn star? So Zapka, like, kisses her as Daniel walks in and he, like, freaks Cause out. Because he's like, he sees Daniel and he's like, oh, I'm going to be an 80s movie bully. And I'm going to sexually assault this girl. Yeah. 80s movie bully. But Daniel shows up the arcade and proceeds to follow Elizabeth Shue around the arcade through different games, badgering her about how shitty she is because she kissed her ex-boyfriend. And then when she finally breaks and starts to cry and run away, he yells at her friends for letting her do it. And then immediately goes outside and is like, baby, baby, I'm so sorry. You know, I didn't mean it. I just like, I get upset. So it's just like literal textbook definition abuse. I can't. He's the hero of the movie. Why is he doing this? You're right. You're right. And then he takes her to show the car to her. And he's like, here, you drive. It's the 80s. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. We're still not at Daniel's mom. She's waiting. And then we cut right to the tournament, yep. and I wrote, just fuck Daniel's mom, <laughs> yeah, right? she's worthless to the narrative of the movie. Ugh. And so they're like, oh, no, only your trainer and you are allowed on the mat. And he's like, uh, but uh, he's, uh, he's, he's Japanese, and I don't understand him without his translator. 
And so Elizabeth Shue just pretends to translate real quick. And immediately she gets up. It's the second, the other one, when they're signing him in and they're like, is he a brown belt or a black belt? Miyagi's like, oh yeah, he's a black belt. And then he like does this really subtle move where he leans over the guy's bag to like point at something on his sheet to distract him. And he grabs Elizabeth Shue's wrist gently. And then, so she'll stay, steals the black belt out and hands it to Elizabeth Shue, who immediately sticks it on her shirt. The two of them should be doing a bank heist movie. Like, how much cooler it's Oceans, is this? Oceans 2. Yes! If it's the old man and the young girl, and they get together to, to rob banks using their separate wiles, how good is that I'm, movie? I'm super here for that. And then, like, can can Mrs. LaRusso be, like, the computer whiz in the van? Yeah, or Mrs. LaRusso is, like, the teller who ends up joining forces with them and helping plan it from the inside, so they do, like, a spree Mrs. LaRusso would be their, like, distraction woman. Like, she'd come in with a big purse in the middle of the bank and be like, look, I need to write 17 checks to my grandchildren, and you're all going to have to wait in line. Hang on. Let me pull out the photos of my grandkids. Let me pretend to have a heart attack in the middle of this bank. Someone yeah, help me. I love it. I love it. And meanwhile, Miyagi and Shu are, like, sneaking into the vault and emptying it. Yeah, exactly. Clipping on name tags so no one notices this shouldn't be back there. Yes. So it's the All-Valley Tournament. And honestly, like, I don't have a lot to say about this really long, boring montage of karate fighting. Except that there's no rules. Except a kidney punch. Specifically, a punch in the kidneys apparently counts. Or, and also, like, kicking people to the leg is outlawed. Like, I don't... The thing the kid does that we talked about already, where his teacher's like, go after his knee. Like, I don't, it doesn't, it, I don't understand how that's explicitly banned when you can punch someone in the kidney or kick them in the face, which happens repeatedly in this. I think the idea is waist up is cool, waist down is not, but he, like, went after Daniel's leg in a, I'm gonna break your knee kind of way. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, so, um, Daniel keeps getting out of the ring the first time, <laughs> and they're like, hey, you get out of the ring one more time, and you're, like, you lose the match. And then we see 0.02 seconds of Daniel's mom. Yes. She's in the background, like, pumping her fist. She looks like... She, like, walks up. She walks up, and someone goes, you can't be here, miss. And she goes, okay, and leaves. She looks honestly... That's what happens. She honestly looks like the people in the background of a Street Fighter 2 arcade game. Where she's <laughs> just, she like, does. generically punching her fist and bouncing up and down. That's what she gets to be in this movie. She's literal wallpaper. Also... Uh. This karate isn't even staged well. Like, there's clear spots where punches and kicks miss by a mile, and they're using the wrong camera. They're using the wrong camera angle, and you just see the misses. It's really just like not even good karate. Yeah, they also have a giant leaderboard for this um, tournament, which apparently only had like ten kids compete. Yeah, it's real small. But so each kid, it's their name in giant letters, and then an emblem for their dojo. Yes. And somehow they got the emblem off the back of Daniel's gi yeah. that Mr. Miyagi gave him because his wife made it special 40 years ago, 100,000 years ago, whatever. Yeah, sometime in the mid-Jurassic. <laughs> yeah. And like somehow they got a giant blown up image of that made onto a sticker that they can move with Daniel's name. Insane. Insane. Especially when Miyagi, like, barely registered him for this tournament of, in advance. Right? Um, also, I don't understand the rules and the points. We get to the the, the semifinals where it's um, Max Ridemhard and an Asian kid. Yeah. And, of course... Who's the, the only hot... person in this whole movie, by the way, who does convincing-looking karaoke? Jesus. <laughs> 
karate. He's the only person in this movie who does convincing looking karate. His kicks are crisp, his punches are great, and it looks like he's actually hitting people when he hits them. And so, of course, he loses to the white, blonde, glistening jock. Yeah, of course he would. Who literally does karate as though he's on cocaine. Well, they are clearly on cocaine, all of Cobra Kai is. Yes. Um, So this is where, like you said, the Cobra Kai sensei is like, hey, you're going to be going up against Daniel, and so break his fucking legs. And the kid's like, I can beat him without doing that. And he's like, I don't want him beaten. I want him broken. And you're like... (laughs) whoa, <laughs> let's pump the brakes real quick. Also, like, couldn't he just, he's supposed to be like this number one karate warrior. Couldn't he just beat him up that way? Right? Like, let him get, I would think you'd want him to get to the final fight so your master pupil could, like, grind him into dust. Right. So instead, the kid breaks his leg or whatever, and he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, he initially doesn't want to do it, and then he immediately gets on board with breaking his leg. And then the second that he does it, he regrets it instantly. But it's like, I don't know who this character is. The only reason I know his name is Bobby is because it's printed on his shirt. Like, I don't know who this character is. This is not an arc. This is not development. Like, I don't care that he feels bad. He's a psycho. No, I don't care that he feels bad because he doesn't do anything about it. There is no, my sensei told me to do this. There is no, like, let's unravel this thread. Right. So they're like, Daniel-san has 15 minutes to heal himself from this crippling, debilitating (laughs) sidekick. This is apparently the only law written into this tournament that has, like, a foundational rule. It's like, oh, in the event of dangerous leg injury, there's a 15-minute window you have to recover. And so they're, like, in the room, and Daniel's mom's like, hey... I'm proud of you. Haven't been here much, but I think I'm proud of you. <laughs> and then Daniel's like, I want everyone to leave except Miyagi. And he's like, Miyagi, I want you to do that weird magic touch. <laughs> and so he does. And meanwhile, like we cut back out and the guy with the microphone is like, the winner of the All Valley Tournament from the Cobra Kai Dojo. And then Elizabeth Shue is like in slow-mo running up to him. <laughs> she grabs his arm and it's this like incredibly dramatic scene. Like a hush falls over the crowd and she's like says something here and he's like, Daniel LaRusso is going to fight? Daniel LaRusso is going to fight! And it's like there's 11 people in the audience. It's only these kids' parents. This is not like primetime ESPN. Nobody knows who the hell Daniel Russo is. He's also, the new kid. No one cares. This is the stupidest thing. The stakes are so low. So he gets in the ring. They do the fight thing. Crane kick should super not be allowed. Also, they get to the like they finally set up the crane kick. Like LaRusso, it's this like come from behind victory. They, like, make them stop. LaRusso cocks the crane kick, like, on the one foot with the hands up. And Zapka walks straight into it. Like, how did you not think he was going to kick you? His leg is hovering in the air. I knew he was going to kick him. I was like, that's clearly the balance, like, you dumb dumb. But so... So stupid. Kicks Max Rydum hard right in the face. Goes down. They're like, you win! And the movie ends with... I'm, I'm sorry, I have to swear. With fucking blonde <laughs> twunky handing him the trophy and going, you're all right, LaRusso. And LaRusso going, thanks, man. No, yeah. no, we don't erase the past two hours and seven minutes of this garbage because he beat you at karate. Yeah. 
You're still an asshole. And you both st- of you. You also still hate this kid, like a hundred percent. And and meanwhile, like Jesus comes back and leaves with Miyagi, who's like, "Hey, old friend, I haven't seen you in a while." And the two of them disappear. <laughs> Miyagi gets with the T Rex from Jurassic Park. <laughs> Miyagi gets no credit for this. Like they're like picking Larusso up with the trophy. He says like, "We did it, Miyagi." But and there's like one sort of side shot of Miyagi being like. The head nod. Right, like, how so, are like, they not hugging? head nod. Yeah, how are they not having a moment here? What are we doing? How is he not also lifted into the air? I don't know. It's trash. And then it ends. Like, like move, like credits, that's boom, that's credits. the end of the movie. There's just, like, no. It, it, it's like, as <laughs> soon as that tournament ended, that's all they cared about in the story of this movie. Hey, how's Daniel's relationship with his mom? Who knows? What's going on with him and Liz Wishu? Who knows? What about Mr. Miyagi? Is he it, going into counseling? Oh, who no, cares? He's just going to fade into the background there. All right, then. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Karate Kid. So I think it's obvious that I am not recommending this movie. Are you recommending Karate Kid? I mean, it's fun. It's it's a, it's a classic. Elizabeth Shue is a delight. And um, Mr. Miyagi is just the best. He got nominated for an Academy Award. We never mentioned that. He did for this movie. Yeah. Yes. And well deserved. Um, His character is interesting and good. I mean, the mo- the '80s treatment of Asian characters is bad. Like that is this is not written in a way that is commendable. But he does a great job with the material he's given. Yeah, for sure. Do you know what the plot of the sequel is, Karate Kid Two? One of them involves Daniel going to okinawa with mr miyagi and then another one of them involves daniel giving up his college life savings to open a bonsai tree store for mr miyagi i don't know if that's the same movie or different ones but those are both real things (laughs) that happen also in the one like in one of them his mom gets like straight up written out of it entirely I thought you were going to say his mom gets, like, uh, like murdered. No, like, but they're, and murdered, like... And he has to go... No. Uh, Charles Bronson <laughs> it's style. It's not a Death Wish movie. The Karate Death Wish. Um, no, but they're, like, oh, your mom's taking care of your ill grandfather, so she's not going to be in this movie whatsoever. And he's, like, what do you mean movie? This is my life. And they're, like, <laughs> no one's paying attention. Yeah. Uh, I would not recommend this. I do not understand how this is a classic. I think this is really boring, and there's also almost no karate in it. Yeah, but there is You're the Best Around. That is true. We, we did gloss over that. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Sorry this is an extra length extended episode, but we hope that you enjoyed it. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash dissectingthe80s. Uh, twitter.com slash dissect the 80s we'd like to get a little input from you so we told you obviously we're coming up on the 100th episode but we had this idea we were kicking around for july where we wanted to do sequels to movies that we've covered on the show or uh, you know like the part two sequels that we haven't done on the show so maybe we did part three of something or part four but not part two so if there's one that you're like really dying to see get in touch with us and let us know what it is uh, you can do that on twitter or facebook you could also uh, send an email. It's dissectingthe80s at gmail.com. So any like part two sequels to stuff we've already done, we're thinking about doing something like that to kind of tie into all the stuff we've done before as part of our 100th episode, 4th anniversary celebration, which is fast approaching. It's like two episodes away. Yeah, right? Yeah, this is, I believe, episode 98. So pretty, pretty buck wild. Thank you all for coming along on this uh, journey with us. A lot of new listeners lately. Welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, get in touch with us. Say hi. We always appreciate that. We will continue our remake month in June. 
in two weeks with Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. That's right. It's being remade. I do not recall the title of the remake, but it is coming out uh, in the month of June. It is, I think, a gender swap. It's like Anna Kendrick, right? Yes. And Rebel Wilson again? Yes. No, No, maybe, maybe not. I I don't recall that part. But in any case, we will be back on June 17th, Father's Day, with Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I've been Trip Leno. I will always be Andrew Leno. Until June 17th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Uh, things we're gonna cut out in editing. <laughs> or the part at the end where the guy's like, body bag, yeah! <laughs> Because that's my favorite part of the whole movie. That dude was in it to win it. (laughs) He really is so dedicated to the merciless torture of another child. It was.